0: Welcome to Bridging Chicago, a podcast that aims to connect our listeners to Chicago's business, community, cultural, and charity leaders, brought to you by SATC Solutions L3C. You can connect with us on Instagram or Twitter, where our handle is at Bridging Chicago. For more information, including our email, visit us online at satcsolutions.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe to Bridging Chicago on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Bridging Chicago.
1: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. I'm your host, Nathan, and I'm joined today by Carlene Hartline. She is the owner of Naturally Yours Events, and they have done a really interesting pivot during this COVID time that I have... Really been excited to learn about and can't wait to hear more from you, Carlene. But uh, before we talk about Naturally Yours and your uh, pivot to uh, neighborhood nuptials, I want to learn about you. And so, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you give us a little introduction to you and to where you're from?
0: Yeah, uh, thank you for having me on your, your show. Um, so, I'm originally from Florida, um, but uh, when I was young, we moved to Michigan, so I lived most of my life in Michigan and um, went to school at Ferris State University up uh, near, what's well, it's a small town, Big Rapids, but it's near Grand Rapids. Most people know that one. Um, met my uh, now husband there, and we moved uh, to Chicago in 2008, uh, which was the beginning of the recession. <laughs> Looking for work. We came here with our degrees and our uh, hearts full of promise. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that, you know, uh, didn't go as planned. Uh, Worked a bunch of odd end jobs. And um, when I just couldn't find something I was passionate about and loved doing, I started my company, uh, Natural Years Events. So we actually just celebrated our 11th or 10th year. In business
1: so I have to ask you because I'm sure you've gotten this before but uh, the motivation to move from Florida to Michigan what what brought that and then do you miss Florida on those days where it's like it's still not yet summer here and we're recording on May 11th and I'm still waiting for even it seems like spring to come around
0: yeah um, I mean Florida weather is hot Um, I'm not sure I love it that hot, Um, but the decision really came from my, my mother. Um, She was actually marrying my stepfather who raised me and they, uh, they'd been doing the pen pal thing for a really long time um, and just decided, let's get married. And so she kind of just took a a leap of faith and um, moved, moved us out there to, uh, to Michigan and Um, I grew up in Michigan pretty much since I was six. Um, So I'm pretty used to the cold weather now. Also not a fan of the cold weather. If it could just be like fall all the time, that would be great.
1: I do love me a pumpkin spice latte and a sweater. So (laughs) I agree. Exactly. Um, I read in your bio that you are a detail person, that you love details, you love lists. It's not something that people usually say, you know, it's one of those like resume items where you're like, Oh, I'm very detail oriented and whatnot. But um, was it from a young age that you really liked organization details and lists and such?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it it was kind of intense. I mean, it's still a bit intense, <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely a list maker and detailed and organized. I have to have things just so um, yeah. it's funny. I'm raising I'm raising a little girl and I watch her, uh, she's like 20 months old and, um, I watch her also just, if the boot, her rain boot falls on the ground, she'll pick it up and and make sure that they are aligned. And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) what have I created?
1: Your (laughs) Um, husband's probably like, great. Another one.
0: Another one. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I'm a Capricorn, so we like structure and being organized and having plans. Um, don't care so much for surprises. So I don't know if it was in the stars for me to be this way or if um just through my my upbringing i I became this way. But I do remember as a um, I, especially as a teenager, um, whenever our friends would go out. To the movie theater or something like think back, you know. I don't want to date myself, but a few years ago, before apps where you could reserve a seat at a theater, um, these midnight movie showings would really be. Um, you'd have to stand in line in order to get a good seat at the movie theater, and we didn't want it. We wanted a good seat to see like Lord of the Rings or, you know, some of our favorite movies. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of a a fantasy anime comic book nerd, but um, yeah. So, like in high school, we we had to we had to stay in line and get the best seat. But there'd be like twenty of us that were going to see these movies, and we had to see them at midnight. We couldn't possibly wait <laughs> till the next day. <laughs> we had to see it at midnight of the day it was opening. So um, I would have these lists that are detailed and color coded to to say like. All right. If so and so is picking up this person, but if their car breaks down, the backup plan is this wow. car will come over here. And then, you know, Carlene gets the popcorn, Allison gets the uh, the candy, whatever it is. We we had we had to feed all of these like twenty people waiting in line to see the movie. We all had to sit together. We could not sit apart. It was optimal.
1: Wow. <laughs> to, that to yeah, together. that's that's a level of organization that I I won't reach. So I. Yeah. That's- you always have to have that friend, though, that at least has some kind of plan, whether yeah. that sticks to it or not. But you know, have something out there.
0: You know, and we we enjoyed we enjoyed that experience. Um, it was always it was always a lot of fun. So I still have those um, those printed lists. I saved a couple of them. But <laughs> it just it became kind of like this running joke of like, oh, Carleen in her lists.
1: Yeah. I assume that's something that your your mom and your uh, father-in-law, sorry, your stepdad saw in you when you were young about how you like to to be organized. Do you remember them sort of encouraging that, or do you remember them kind of noting that and and saying, "Oh, okay, she's very organized. This is how how you are," and sort of calling that out? And were they really supportive of you, kind of leaning into that?
0: Yeah, I think for sure. And I think it was one of those things where they noticed really quickly um, that I was kind of the caretaker of the family. So, um, you know, I I was constantly given a lot of responsibility and, um, you know, really, really took care of the family in a lot of ways that, uh, you know, maybe someone that age shouldn't have to do, but it was I think a really rewarding experience. Um it it definitely taught me a lot and I'm pretty close to my parents. Uh probably because of it. Um I still I'm kind of my dad's caretaker now, his health is failing. So um uh you know, it's it's been a really great experience watching um my daughter too become a Mm more detailed and organized like i was and it's kind of um opening my eyes to like how my parents were when they were watching me grow and how they were fostering my my environment and seeing my personal personality come out and so it's been fun reflecting on that parent relationship now that i have a child as well
1: yeah and i want to touch on that for just a minute if we can Um, as an entrepreneur as a parent as a mom of a daughter um Tell me about why it's important for you to encourage your daughter to be able to do anything that she wants and sort of um, how you, in your parenting style, bring that out in her and how you sort of see the things that make her who she is and and how you encourage her to to do more of that.
0: Yeah, that's... That's a bit wild because I feel like it changes every minute she's so young and she's just developing so rapidly i'm I'm now starting to see some of that personality come through in her. She's almost two um she's so silly and and fun and um very, very social and I think one thing I had to um try to foster in her is um or tap in, allow her to tap into being social because, you know, we've been in a lockdown mm-hmm. and um, she hasn't had the chance to be with a ton of other kids. Um, so a lot of what I'm doing now with her is uh, we, we are part of a um, office shared daycare. So she's really been thriving in that situation um, where she can see other kids, interact with other kids. Um, we did some play dates um, but you know as she continue you know as she continues to grow and I start picking up on all of these things, um, really she's leading me um, I feel like I feel like every every day I'm amazed by something new where I'm picking up on her personality and on what she needs as a person and I'm just... Sometimes it takes me a while to figure it out because I'm new at this, <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm opening up to her and listening to her and she's, you know, telling me more or less like, Hey, I'm outgoing or I'm silly and playful. And so mm-hmm. now one thing I'm doing um, is blocking off time in my day to allow for that. Um, Cause I, I am such a detailed organized person that I have, uh, timelines in my day of okay you know this is what I work on this is when I take uh, when I respond to emails uh, this is when I have client meetings um, and so I'm like you know I think I need to foster more play time with my daughter so um, you know I'm adding in an hour now a day to to really connect with her on that level because I'm noticing she needs it yeah so it's really for me. Um, I think my struggle as an entrepreneur who is very busy and now and now a mother is um, is really listening to her and being open and um, allowing space for me to be able to to give her what she needs as a person.
1: It's interesting because I've heard from different people a lot of different ways that they kind of handle this but I think um, one of the things that I have found really interesting is the things that they have said that haven't really worked for them that they've tried. And so for you, was that a difficult balance to strike between being very busy, being an entrepreneur, kind of going all the time and making sure that you give that time to your family and to your kids and to your partner? Um, Were there some kind of growing pains with that that you had to go through? And then uh, if so, like, what, what was that time like for you and your family?
0: I'm still in the thick of that. Yeah. Um, I feel like for the probably the last four years, um, I have been trying to figure out work-life balance, um, and it's been it's been a really big challenge. Every time I think, "Oh, I'm going to achieve it," um, something happens in the business, um, and so I'm still I'm still trying to figure out. So maybe ask me in a month if my new plan of, of carving out and, you know, structuring my day and carving out time. I'm basically, I'm setting an appointment with myself that like from four to five, I play with Lyra and my daughter. Um, You know, I have to, I have to set these appointments with myself. Um, I'm doing the same thing for like working out. Uh, I got to do something to to get back into a healthy um, physical and emotional, you know, state um while also running a success, successful business um but yeah it's it's a constant struggle I feel like um when I first started realizing that something needed to change within my business I, I would say this is probably like 2016 is probably when it started when I was like work-life balance that's a thing <laughs> that I should do yeah <laughs> I should have that um, at first, it was like, okay, don't take every wedding or event that mm-hmm. comes, uh, you know, comes to you. Uh, set aside at least one weekend a month. Um, that's your weekend off. And then, you know, I was like, okay, this worked to a point, but I was still, it's insanely busy. I mean, I, I would stop counting how many hours I was working after I reached about 100. Wow. I was like, all right. I'm, I'm working a lot in the summer months. It was, it was a lot, a lot of work, a lot of hours spent working. Um, and so then the next year I was like, okay, only take two or three weddings consecutively, always have at least one weekend off uh, only take a certain number of full planning clients or day of clients. because We offer different packages that range in the amount of time we spend with each couple or client. Um, but even then it was like getting better. And then, um, and then, you know, like I said, something would, something would happen where um, it would, the, the business would demand my attention most. Um, you know, we've gone through um, some employ, employee changes. Um, we've had, we had some independent contractors kind of shuffle around and, um, and then creating an environment for employees to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I start, I had, I got pregnant and, you know, trying to figure out how, how is that going to fit into this? And it's it's been a struggle. And then of course the pandemic hit. So um, that threw a wrench in a lot of plans for work-life balance. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, that is the thing where, uh, the pandemic has affected everyone on some level and it you know it's changed nearly everything and i think that um for entrepreneurs it's like life always changes you know the business always changes mm-hmm. the way that you handle things always changes employees change and so when you're the person who you know you it stops with you it's like well you know other people can say well someone else will make that decision but for you it's like well that's my decision to make and it's yeah. going to affect not just me and not just my immediate family, but other people as well. I think that um, this sort of year that we've year plus now that we've been going through is something that a lot of entrepreneurs have. They, they just have told me like this is just the way that things always are for me. Is constantly changing and and being flexible because you know the most successful entrepreneurs are going to be able to do that really well. But I think that also those entrepreneurs have had very good support systems behind them and whether it's their families or their companies they've gotten that support from the people in their lives and i think have seen the value in having those kind of people and so for you tell us about the value of having the people that you have around you and and how you sort of intentionally choose those people and um, and how you give time to them
0: yeah, um, giving time, that's always the struggle, right? As a small business owner, um, I would say the people that I, I give my time to are certainly my my family, um, my daughter, my husband. Uh, my husband is a huge uh, supporter of any dream I can come up with. Because as an, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur, I'm pretty sure all my life. <laughs> Um, I always had some business plan kind of cooked up since I was young. I think one of my first businesses was, you know, um, these like beady creatures, they were, they were like little keychains that you take beads and you, you craft them into a shape like a lizard or a snake or a dog. Well, I would make those and I would sell them in middle school, in elementary school. (laughs) Um, so I was always an entrepreneur, and you know my husband supports all of my wild ideas. Um, or sometimes he'll bring me back down to earth and just be like, <laughs> we need to think about this a little more. Yeah, um, are you sure you have time for this?" Um, and and he does a lot. He's he's a true partner. I mean, I couldn't ask for for anyone um, to be a better fit, like for for where I'm at with things and um he's able to really to really support me and help me um with the day to day and the long term um and friends of course they're huge supporters um of me a lot of times emotionally i've got some very dear friends that um just listen to me which <laughs> um you know and and help me work through some of my like they're like my extended therapist sometimes i feel like yeah. um and you need those people in your life but i feel um i feel so lucky that um i have the employees that i do um without without them i don't even know if i would be speaking to you right now um I maybe would have folded this up a while yeah. ago they are what kept me going through with naturally residents and neighborhood nuptials and Wedtoberfest and all of our many events that we do, um, they're the ones that kept me going. And, um, they're, you know, I have a deep, um, love and appreciation for them. And, um, I, I feel strongly if they are not succeeding, if they're not where they want to be, then I'm not where I want to be. Um, so that's the kind of culture that, um, I've created for national Years events and, Um, I'm very lucky that I've attracted those people that are along for the ride with me and are going to stick it out with me as, you know, best as they can. And, um, and that's how I think I've been able to retain them. You know, some of my, some of my team members have been with me for like seven Mm -hmm. years. So I've been very lucky.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, starting a business is really hard. Keeping it going is really hard. Um, and so for you, as you started Naturally Yours, did you see that success pretty early on? And, and did that motivate you to keep going? Or was it tough to begin with and you had to kind of stick that out? What, what were those early days like for you?
0: They, they were a lot of work. <laughs> um, I, I had a full-time job. I was a tenant coordinator for a property management company. Um, So think of, like, the businesses downtown, um, the high-rises or the skyscrapers. Um, I would work for the company that managed those buildings, Um, and I would be the the person really interacting with the tenants that would, um, mostly commercial tenants, that would rent out a floor or an office within the building. Um, So I was doing that job, and I quite enjoyed it um, for a few years before uh, leaving. So I had started my company or started the process of starting my company while working there. <clears throat> and um, and then I just, one day, it was like New Year's and I was like, all right, we need to take the leap um, and make this happen. Uh, I started the company and still, while building it, had this nine to five, which really, as we all know, is like. Eight, right. Six. Yeah. <laughs> so um, in my youth, this was when I was young and, and not a mother and sleeping a bit more <laughs> than I am now. Um, I was able to wake up, do this job on my lunches, on my breaks. I'd be responding to emails. In my evenings, I'd be networking with vendors when we used to network. Right now, we're not really doing that, but there'd always be something happening every night of the week. In the in the wedding industry here um so i'd be networking and then and then i'd be coming home and responding to more emails or on a, in a meeting until very very late sometimes midnight one two and then i'd go to bed and get up and do it all over again um it came to a point where i was actually um i hired a business coach uh, to really help me grow this was probably my second year in the business. Um and they really encouraged me to quit the quit the day job, that the day job was holding me back. And while I loved what I was doing, you know, I did enjoy parts of it. Um, I wanted to to take that leap and and explore, you know, what's it gonna look like, dedicating all my time to naturally mm-hmm. resents. Um, at that time I had added my first um independent contractor. And, uh, she was helping me grow the, the company and we were taking on even more weddings and it seemed like a fair gamble. Um, the money wasn't quite coming in with the business when I decided not to support me the way my day job yeah. had been, um, financially, but I was able to save a bunch of money, uh, put it aside and, and through the help of my coach who encouraged me, I decided to, uh, take that leap and uh, let go of the day job. And that's when we really saw things soar. Um, We added more people to our team. You know, in the beginning, it was just me and and one other associate. And now I've got, there's seven of us on the team. So um, I've been able to grow much faster, I think, because I took that leap and let go of the day job.
1: I mean, that has to be pretty scary,
0: though. Oh my gosh! I was—I had a box of all my stuff, and um, I was leaving my job and getting on the train, and I'm yeah. sobbing. I am just sobbing, and people probably thought I was—I got canned <laughs> or something. <laughs> but um, no, it was—it was very overwhelming um, to to leave, to leave something, um, and to go off and put all of my eggs into one basket. I remember being incredibly emotional about it, Um, but it was definitely the right position (laughs) to take. You know, it's the right decision. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like I you used to think of weddings, and you would think of this like June to September timeline where weddings kind of happen during that time, and you know, wedding season, and see every weekend you'd see weddings happen in the parks and in in other spaces but I think more now I've noticed that a lot of my friends are having weddings outside of that time also so Mm -hmm. have you seen the industry grow uh in that way as well are people kind of starting to venture more into having the the fall or late fall or uh, early winter weddings as well
0: Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I think my busiest time is September and October and this year, strangely, um, we are maxed out that first weekend in November. Um, most of the time, usually we'd have a couple in November, a couple in December, but, um, I think that the, the fringe dates, you know, the, the winter and early spring and late fall dates are filling up, uh, a lot quicker than they than they would usually would um and i don't know is that the pandemic or is that like a trend that's here to stay i feel like it was already kind mm-hmm. of trending mm-hmm. in that direction i would say most people are still not looking at january february too much um but we always get one or two weddings in those months so for me at for my company i would say um you know, we're doing, we're doing weddings every, uh, every month to some degree, but our, probably our busiest season is like April through, through early November.
1: I have to ask before we go on too far. Um, I read this, that you never back down from a DDR challenge.
0: <laughs>
1: we're not going to challenge you here today, but it's true. this would be very interesting. <laughs> oh, <good.
0: laughs> Yeah. Uh, so hearkening back to my younger days, um, me and my friends, the the ones that would enjoy the geeky movies at midnight would also enjoy playing dance dance revolution. Um, so I got quite good at it. Um, even bought my own, my own home setup, not the actual, um, yeah. arcade game, but the, I think they came out on like, playstation i think xbox eventually had a couple of the games but yeah i still own them um and i still have the pads for them and i did actually bu- bu- bring them out uh for my I think my 30th birthday and i was like let's be <laughs> young again <laughs> and i still had some of my As moves you... my 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 feet <laughs> remembered that some of the some of the arrows Has your
1: daughter seen you do this
0: Oh, no no not yet um but i think she would love yeah. it um she's she's got the energy for it yeah. for sure i don't feel like do. but maybe. well
1: i'm sure she would love it and i'm sure she would love to see mama on there so <laughs> <laughs> um so Obviously, the pandemic hits and it changes, as we said, it changes everything, touches every part of everyone's life. And so, you know, at this point that you have to do a pivot. Now, we all have friends who had gotten engaged, had planned weddings for that year, and all those weddings are basically called off. And so for you, sort of at the start of that, I mean, what was that like for you? Because I imagine what I would be like. But, uh, I, I mean, as a business owner of a wedding planning, an event planning company, like, what was that like for you in the initial sort of two weeks to bend the curve sort of days?
0: Yeah. Well, we certainly were hoping that it would just be for two weeks. Yeah. Um, but it quickly, we realized that um, it would be more than that. And, um, that's when, you know, we started getting all the calls. Um, and I think I have maybe some uh, PTSD Mm. because we're still getting those calls. And it, it puts me in a state of anxiety that I can't quite, um, describe when, when we started getting those calls, I mean, we, we were slated to have Probably we were adding another team member to our, uh, to our team and we were probably going to take around 60 to 65 weddings in 2020. It was supposed to be our best and busiest year yet. Um, some of these clients had even started booking us in 2018. Um, so it was going to be a real good year. I had uh, a wedding lined up in Italy um in hawaii about renewal we had a, a team a member's wedding was going to be in mexico so it was going to be an epic yeah. year <laughs> um and then the calls started coming in just pouring in people um postponing canceling um reducing their weddings wanting refunds and it was heartbreaking you know how how do we remain a business and and also provide this service that is so personal? I mean these these clients, some of them become dear friends of mine, and um, we love our clients and um, it, it was really hard to see them go through that. And um, the emotional toll on me and my team it was it was huge to carry the weight of our own fears and our own concerns of will we be able to feed our family um, but also to carry the concerns of um, our clients who who poured a lot of their time and their money into um, this really momentous event um, in their life and not being able to do that we're not being able to do it the way the way they wanted to do it um, which there is value in that too Um, it was, it was really hard and, you know, I've talked a lot with my team and what we do is we see people mostly at the happiest day of their life to that date. Um, and now we have to have these conversations that are just crushing. Uh, it was a lot, it was a lot. And there were days that I (laughs) would just have a bottle of wine and sit on the floor because that's all I had energy for. I didn't want to watch Netflix. I didn't want to do anything just, but then we quickly got to work, um, you know, pulled ourselves up and said, all right, this thing is here to stay. How can we help our vendor friends, you know, uh, stay in business? How can we help our couples get married? Cause that was something that we saw. It was very real that our, our clients were making these difficult decisions. And then on the other side, our, our vendor community, which, uh, I think that the Chicago wedding industry is one of the best uh, to be a part of. It's been so welcoming. Even me, when I started all those years ago, I I had another planner who, uh, she just met me. We met at a a wedding expo called IndieWed. I walked in. I didn't even have business cards. She grabbed me by the arm and she's like, let me show you around. Let me introduce you to all these people. So here's my competitor. Grabbed me by the arm and showed me around and introduced me to everybody. I'll never forget that. Um, it's such a warm and welcoming and uplifting community. And I was seeing my friends um, that were part of this community dissolving their companies they've had for yeah. decades. And um, I'm getting missy, I was just thinking about it. Um, so it's been hard. You know, in the back of our minds, me and my team were thinking we don't want that to be us. Um, and so how do you, how do you pull yourself up out of that darkness and come up with something creative that people will be excited about in a, in a time when people didn't feel excited about anything? And that was Neighborhood nuptials. That's really where it came out of.
1: It almost felt at that time for me, like any little bit of joy that you got you almost felt guilty for having it because of everything that everyone Mm -hmm. was going through and how it was affecting the world and then anytime that I feel like I got to feel that it was like man I feel so bad for other people who aren't feeling the same things or who aren't getting these moments or who are struggling to to you know pay rent or you know are hoping that the the government extended the moratorium on evictions and, and, you know, all these things and that, you know, I think that, uh, I almost felt guilty. I did feel guilty a lot of the times, but then I, I got to officiate a wedding in November and going into it, I thought, you know, this is kind of crazy. Like, you know, thinking about doing a wedding at this time, it's kind of nuts, but, um, but after the wedding I was like I'm so glad that we did that because to get to celebrate my friends and to get to watch people who are in love you know take that step I feel like it made things like really good again and it just reminded me that you know eventually on the other side you know these things are there you know love is there these are things that that don't change because these two people love each other and I think that um getting to see that in that time was really important even if it did kind of bring about that same feeling of guilt a little bit it was like some things really don't change and I think when two people love each other and get to take that step I mean being on your end of it must be really cool to get to see that happen get to be a part of that um so regularly and And hopefully, you know, provide at least one day, one afternoon, one hours worth of time where love is just what matters at that time.
0: Exactly. No, that is so true. Um, When we finally, when we launched Neighborhood Nuptials, it was two weeks, three, three or four weeks, maybe, yeah, two or three weeks before, uh, right before George Floyd was murdered and um we instantly put a halt on it it was like the high highs of being so happy and excited about something again feeling something again and then bam reality just hits that like we're back in the low again that this horrible thing in our Mm -hmm. in our lives and in our country has happened yet again um and you know you you pull yourself up and we tried again, we, we, we launched it. And and I feel like we were kind of soured on, on everything, you know, it just, the, the yo-yo of happiness and defeat was so prevalent over the summer. And when we did finally have our first neighborhood nuptial uh, event where we had our our clients coming in and and getting married, um, I remember my associate and I, um, we were so happy. We were talking mile a minute, just so excited. And, and we we forgot yeah. that feeling of why we love what we do. We forgot the message about love in it itself and watching two couples, um, two people saying their love for each other, like hearing their vows, hearing their words, hearing their promises, seeing their family's reaction. These are all things that I think as a wedding professional, I see nearly every weekend, at least I did in 2019 earlier. Um, But I almost forgot about it. I got caught up in the details, of course, because I um, have the details. The number crunching. I mean, I was doing budgets. Last year, I was reworking our cash flow analysis and our budgets. You know, I probably had seven different doomsday scenarios of, if this client cancels or, you know, we don't book on this client, uh, will I be able to pay my employees? Will I, and will I be able to help them keep a roof over their head and provide for their family? Um, I had one of my employees was, um, having her first baby and, um, you know, that was a sense of responsibility of, you know, it's not just my family. It, that I have to care for and provide for. I, I feel a sense of responsibility to provide for my team's families as well. Um, but, you know, you, you you experience all of that and you, you're, you're in the thick of all this stuff <laughs> and it all just melts away when you see a happy couple. When you see that first kiss, uh, when you see them turn around and greet their family and friends and uh, man, there's no... There's no better feeling, um, and it really uh, reminded us of something that we needed to be reminded of. Um, actually, I feel like I need the reminder now. I Me mean, just talking yeah. <laughs> about it, I'm feeling excited. <laughs> um, my first wedding is uh, of this year will be will be next weekend, and I am pumped um, to feel those feelings again, to feel the, the yeah. warmth and the happiness, and um, to be able to to take care of the client and provide for them and um, make them happy and see them happy and see their family and friends celebrating. Uh, We need that. We need to see that.
1: Well, let's not keep the suspense any longer. Let's talk about neighborhood nuptials because I think it's such a cool (laughs) thing. And it's, it's really, um, I mean, it's really creative. And so why don't you share with our listeners um, what it is and, and, how it came about. Out-
0: yeah. Um, so I shared a little about how it came about. Um, and it really was just um, a brainchild of our uh, my, my, my entire team. Um, thinking how are we going to make money? How are we going to keep everybody um, that we know? How are we going to keep them in business? Um, I mean, not that Neighborhood nuptials saved everybody's business last year. But, you know, we were trying to help. Um, And then how do we, how do we help Chicago couples get married in a fun, memorable, sustainable, safe way? And uh, we came up with this concept of neighborhood nuptials um, to truly be kind of like a Las Vegas chapel style wedding. So think, you know, you rent your chapel along with other people um, in a day, you know, maybe these chapels can, Mm -hmm. they can do quite a few weddings in one day. But you you rent your chapel, you say your I do's, and then you move on, whether whether you're um, whatever, wherever the couple goes after that um, point, that's what they do. Uh, So for neighborhood nuptials, it was that idea of this like Las Vegas style wedding, but not obviously not in Las Vegas um, and a little more curated than that and more sustainable and personalized. So uh what we did is because we are an eco-friendly company, we wanted to focus on allowing couples to get married in their local neighborhoods. So we have different part partnered with different venues in all neighbor a bunch of neighborhoods of Chicago. So um we were, you know, we had two in the north side. Um we had some like uh, it was uh, the Lytle House in Edgewater. We had artifact events in Ravenswood. And, and then on the west in, in uh, Logan Square we had the joinery. Um, we added May District on the south side. Um, we even have been popping up in uh, this year we had uh, the Chicago History Museum in Lincoln Park as well. So uh, of course the West Loop we, we had the Ignite Glass Studios and the Fairly. So there was quite a few different venues that we partnered with in all of these neighborhoods where couples, um, if they had a certain attachment to or maybe lived in one of those neighborhoods, they could get married right where they live, work, play, um, love, all of that. Um, They get the venue for an hour. So we are having multiple weddings back to back. Um, So the couple could book the time slot that they would prefer. And um, they get the, the venue, the photographer for an hour, a planner, of course. Um, we do have meetings beforehand to help them curate their day. Um, and then we're there to execute the day. And they also have a, a beautiful backdrop to stand in front of to say their I do's. And they have their DJ that comes with the package. And um, the DJ is a really awesome feature that a lot of um, people don't think about, but uh, who's going to play your ceremony music and your recessional when you walk down the aisle and you walk back. Um, So they were a really, uh, I think, great company to partner with. We absolutely love Cajun Aquarium. Um, They also offer a really fun uh, product called um, the Be Be There by Cajun Aquarium. And that is essentially a, an amazingly uh, professional live streaming service. And they even take it a step further that they can handle some reception style um, virtual events. But we we were utilizing them more so for the ceremony piece. So even though our service is meant for an intimate group, um, you know, at the height of the pandemic, yeah. we were really saying 10 people. Now that things are opening up, we are open to, you know, probably no more than 30. Uh, Really, it's supposed to be an intimate elopement or mini wedding, um, micro wedding, (laughs) whatever the buzzwords are now. Um, So it's meant to be that. But with Cajun Aquariums be their product, uh, they can allow live streaming, not Zoom, not Zoom streaming, but live professional, clear audio, clear video. Um, to up to five hundred guests, so if you've got other people that want to tune in to the wedding, um, couples can have their grandparents mm-hmm. uh, from the safety of their own home watch them get married and I've had those difficult conversations with clients who are like, "My grandma can't be there well in this yeah in this case, they can so um. It's been, it's been really heartwarming to be able to have this service to offer to couples, and it's a very affordable price point at twenty eight fifty. You get everything you need to say your adios. We have other things, too, that people can add on. They can add on cake and champagne to really make it more special. They can add on more time if they wanted to you know, do something a little longer in the space. They can add on um, you know, bouquets and personal flowers like boutonnieres or corsages. Um we even have partnered with vendors that are providing exclusive offers for hair and makeup and transportation, um, customized stationery, uh, rings, everything. So uh, officiating services, you know, um, we have really thought of everything that a client would need in order to make the day memorable and special and affordable. And yeah, safe. and
1: I, I'm looking at your Instagram, um, which is neighborhood nuptials. And I mean, it's just stunning what you're able to pull off in the the context of the world that we live in and and these, as you call them, micro weddings, we'll say, on these smaller weddings. But I mean, they just look amazing. And I think that uh, one of the things that I really liked was that it's it's very, like, you don't have to wonder, well, what am I going to pay or like. Can I stay within budget or can I still get Mm -hmm. that wedding feel, that big wedding feel, that special day um, and still stay within, you know, this budget and within the confines of what uh, the state and federal regulations are allowing right now? Like you've really taken out a lot Mm -hmm. of the guesswork because your team has obviously put in a lot of work to make sure that it ticks all the boxes. Because when mm-hmm. I'm looking at your Instagram, it's like, man,
0: exactly. you know,
1: these couples are still loving their day and just doing it in a little different way.
0: Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we wanted. Um, <laughs> I eloped. <laughs> um, go figure the wedding planner that elopes. Um, we did definitely have a party afterwards. But I, I know what what the inside of the courthouse looks like. Um when you're saying your I do's. Uh I found it in in a lot of ways to be romantic and um exciting, you know. Here we are eloping at the courthouse. You know, there's there's definitely a feeling it was amazing feeling. But, you know, you get your pictures yeah. back and it's fluorescent yeah. lighting and beige walls and um you know, I think a lot of people maybe there's there's an appeal to the courthouse of, you know, not having to spend the year plus planning your wedding and the forty, fifty, sixty, one hundred thousand dollars on a wedding, um, there's a lot of appeal to just going and getting married and eloping. Um, but I think a lot of couples they still want that to be special, and whether they want just the two of them at their wedding or a handful of family and friends, I wanted to make it special for them. Uh, for these, for these couples, um, there's just not really something, there's not a lot out there here in Chicago for something like this. And I think that this idea can be something that's here to stay because I got married in 2016 and a couple of my employees also, uh, eloped. So mm-hmm. before the pandemic was even a thing. Um, so I know that this, um, I know that there's a need for something like this. I know that there are couples out there that that are wanting this service. And I'm really excited to see where it can go beyond um, yeah. the pandemic.
1: Yeah, I think, it, so, I, cause think cause I think so. I think people are stay. starting to realize a little more and more about what's really important. And obviously your wedding is very important. But I think more so than saying like, okay, well... Mm-hmm. Do I have this kind of fish or that kind of chicken dish? It's like, well, maybe it doesn't matter as much. Maybe it matters mm-hmm. more who you have there, and and you know that you get to remember everything about the day that made it important for you, having your family and friends together. You know, getting to dance to the fun music and you know all those things. Because I think a lot of people come out of the wedding right. saying like, "What? I don't even know half of what just happened there," <laughs> but. Uh,
0: That's so true.
1: I I want to touch really quickly on um, one thing that I noticed in these is that uh, it seemed to be a very inclusive company. And so it doesn't matter really who the two people are, as long as you're in love and as long as you you want to work together to make the day as special as possible. Um, I, I really appreciate the inclusivity of organization and was that something that was really important for you or was it something that just kind of the way that you designed things to be it just kind of naturally happened to where anyone who any two people who are in love and who are committed to each other want to get married can do that with with your organization
0: yeah i it was from day one um important to me there were several things i think that were important to me when i founded Naturally Residence. Um and that being one of them, um, so I come from from Michigan, like I mentioned, and in Michigan, I did work for a photography company, and um I wasn't necessarily the photographer. I have an eye, I like to joke with friends and family um you know, but no training, so I'm not like an actual photographer, but um <laughs> i I did work for one, and I was there kind of like day of bride de-stressor is really, really, I was the bride's assistant. Um, and, you know, I wasn't there. I didn't see a single uh, lesbian or, or gay trans couple. Um, I I do think my my experience there was very, very typical of, Small town Michigan, and I remember um, walking away feeling like weddings were such a racket that these couples were, were making decisions that didn't really resonate with them as people. Um, they were spending thousands and thousands of dollars on things that ended up in the trash. so I just remember feeling like this wasn't me as a person um, and I I was like, if weddings are gross <laughs> so you know, flash forward, I I go get my degree in advertising. I come to the big city looking for, you know, to be the next Mad Men uh, kind of job and um, recession hits. And so I start thinking and reflecting and I kept coming back to to weddings and to events and remembering the good things that I liked of that position that I was in um, and what I would change. And 100%, I knew that, um, Naturally, your events would be a sustainable company, a mindful company, um, and celebrating love and and life and all of it um, with intention and I think you can't have <clears throat> you can't have said that and then not be open to other cultures um, in other lifestyles and other other people. Embracing, you know, all of that, and this idea of love, and 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 not, not embrace that. You can't say those words, and then not fulfill it. So I think from the very beginning, um, our culture has very much been a one of openness and Well,
1: I think that's that's great. I mean, I, I really appreciate, you know, as a member of the LGBT community, I think it's easy. To see where people you know judge and where they it's difficult sometimes um because you don't you go into this space not knowing Mm -hmm. if they're going to be welcoming and if they're going to be excited for you and if they're going to do their best job um just as they would with any other wedding and so i always appreciate when people understand that um you know you just want to celebrate love the same way that everyone else is and so uh yeah thanks for thanks for that that's amazing and
0: even i mean even with like in in the wedding planning it's so bride focused right like everything is just about the bride the bride um so we have we have contracts we have planning tools our language on our website um it's all been very much um non-gender conforming or assuming that you know there's going to be a bride in the couple, you know, the couple yeah. uh, dynamic, right? Like, um, so I think that even now in this day and age, I, I see um, contracts and other people's websites and their contact forms still saying like bride's <laughs> name, groom's name. And I'm like, really? Right. It's, it's 2011, you know? Um, and I think that's something I caught on to. Very, very quickly. Like as I was forming my my procedures and my documents, my contracts, mm-hmm. I had all of that in mind um, to ensure that my clients who were not bridegroom were felt seen, felt understood, felt like I was thinking of them, and we were here for them. And like you said, that we would approach planning a wedding with them just as we would with any other. Yeah heterosexual well that's that's
1: pretty awesome i I love just the creativity and and the the hope and the passion behind all uh what you're doing and so i think it's great i've definitely enjoyed our conversation today i think that um hopefully you've inspired our listeners to just have some you know just look forward to wedding season and have some uh, fun getting to see family and friends Celebrate love again and know that, um, yes, uh, very safely Safely. following all CDC (laughs) guidelines, because that's very important. And and we want to make sure that we get to do this for a long time, right? So that's how we get to do it. So um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today, Carlene. It's been it's been great. Um, We want to make sure to let people know that they can visit NaturallyYoursEvents.com or NeighborhoodNuptials.com. To check out what you're doing if they're looking to uh to plan an event um they got a lot of options and so you can visit either one of those two sites to connect with carlene and of course we'll put your uh social media sites along with the uh the podcast release so we'll make sure that people know how to get a hold of you but i, I really want to thank you for your time today it's been really great um i've enjoyed it and i know our listeners will too so thanks for joining us
0: yeah, thanks for having me. It's been awesome. You mean.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago, as produced by the SATC Solutions Center.